I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Well, I never. No Matt Knight this evening. Um, and also, I don't know if you can hear, but once again, I am, have got a cold and I'm struggling to talk. Oh, God. I literally know. don't understand You're what is going on. You're always poorly. This I'm is not a, this always poorly. I'm not at all. This and is then a, it gets like, to Tuesday or whenever we're recording... And suddenly it's like, oh yeah, you've lost your voice. Brilliant. He's, had, he's, had, he's had two days off and then he's back in the office for one day and it's too much for him. It, early, earlier on today he was like, oh, I, think it's, I think it's because of the, cause we're sitting in this, uh, this building with air conditioning. And I'm like, we sit next to each other every day and we travel home together. We travel to work together. We also spend most evenings together and quite a lot of the weekends. I'm never ill. No, exactly. You'd think all that making out would cause I at know, least something. I know. It is a true bromance. We literally spend uh, probably about 10 hours a day <laughs> together. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, if I, uh, if I sound a little bit ropey, um, oh, there's unfortunately no mat to fall so back on. So, so just these two clowns hey. uh, to, to get us through, which is bah, bah, great. Bah. Um, because in a week where there's absolutely no news, uh, I have <laughs> we're relying wholly on charisma, of which we have no. none without Matt Knight. Indeed, um, I'm not here next week, though. Oh, thank oh, goodness! So good. There's always a. There's always I a literally on the day that we are doing the podcast next week, I will be at the Fender Factory. Oh, oh well, there we go. In Laugh. Can you take some sort of audio recorder oh, with yeah. you? Oh yeah. Oh, I or could do. I was going to do like pictures and maybe a little bit of video. Can you periscope it? I could definitely periscope it. I need to get on the periscope. That's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah, unless Why? they've got Wi-Fi. Yeah, unless sure they've got Wi-Fi. Mm. Hey, come on, they'll let Maybe. me on Wi-Fi. It's me. They're probably planning for me arriving already. I mean, the uh, red they, carpet. Have they sorted your um, signature? <coughs> oh, well, they would do, but you can't keep. Uh, you can't make your mind up on anything for two minutes. So it's... <laughs> no, I'm a Gibson man at the moment. Right, okay, yeah. of course you are, yeah. Do you own that any Gibson bases? No, but I'm looking for a Thunderbird. What? Oh, you're mental. Well, anyway, I'm not liking my P-Bass at the moment, actually. Why? Well, I don't know. It, I need more articulation. You need... A, basically, what you're saying is you need an American P-Bass rather no, no, than no. that Mexican one that you've got. No, because I've got, like, two jazz basses, and I just think they're... What do you mean by articulation? I just need a little bit more treble clarity without that treble being bite. I've got some plectrums at home. Yeah, have I mean, you, that, that no. we get, as have we discussed those? before, you can solve nearly all of the problems that you talk about with your bass by They're playing with a plectrum. too mid-heavy, too mid-heavy. And I play with a lot of mids, but P-Bass is just at the moment... I think maybe it's the quarter-pounders. <laughs> so, as Again, as I've, we've discussed yeah, many times no, on this podcast, you've got the wrong pickup in no, your bass. True. It's true. I, so I, um, I have bought um, a set of uh, SPB1s. Okay. Um, the Seymour Duncan vintage reissue is the best one they do yes I think so too so I am uh, I'm just why didn't you to, put that in it to begin with then uh, because I thought I wanted really high output right okay but now like basically it's impossible to clean up right like impossible to clean up and then always really mid heavy and just not enough yeah just not enough articulation like not enough clarity on my notes it always just seems overly compressed but in a bad way okay so I was thinking because I've got two jazz basses I sell one of those drop one of those into D standard and use one of those instead of the P bass but then I was like oh but I like my jazz basses being in E standard so you need to buy another bass basically to so maybe a Thunderbird 
It's such a stupid plan. Do you think a Thunderbird, because it's got to pick up on the bridge, yeah. but do you think it's still going to be too muddy? They're I mean, super muddy. They sound like a Thunderbird, basically, and you'll never get away from the fact they sound like that. That isn't what you need no. for your band. That isn't what you need at all. But they look you. really nice. <coughs> yeah, but... <laughs> have you thought about active circuitry? I have, yes, because that was the Marcus Miller I was thinking about that. But then I was like, oh, I think I just want to spend some money. <laughs> that, no, no, so no, this is in, what it all comes no, no, down no, no. to. As in, I want to spend a lot. I don't want to buy another sort of cheap thing. And the, the Marcus Millers are brilliant, and I might, I probably will buy one. But get a custom shop P-Bass. Oh, no, <laughs> I would get a custom shop Jazz Bass if I was going to get a custom shop. That would last, I think, maybe about a year. That's not true. You are the one who dislikes Jazz Basses and sells them on. I'm really into them. I was um, Also, the other option is, you know what's still in the actively being made Gibson catalogue? Gold, gold e- top, no, gold top Les Paul bass. No, th- that will be even worse. You Why? Know? Why? It's so muddy. No. There's, <laughs> what are you talking about? No. It's got to pick up right on the bridge. Have you ever played a Les Paul bass? Yeah, I can't. It was ages ago, though. But they, yeah. I, Let me tell you what they sound like. They sound muddy. Yeah. They do sound muddy. Why don't you get uh, one of the EBs? Um, they don't make them. I thought uh, there was some, still some stock floating around. Oh, probably. I, I mean, the last time I looked, I think you could only get the five-string ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're yeah. perfect. five-string. Yeah. No, I don't want a five-string. Then you won't have to do this drop-tuning nonsense. No. Have you got... Could you've had... You had a five-string until recently, didn't you? I had a, um, uh, a Warwick Corvette <coughs> five-string, um, which I sold, which... Um, uh, Did that belong to you? Sorry? Did that belong to you? No, it's kind of a long, long-term loan. <laughs> and you've sold it? For for the friend, yes. Um, I sold it, but the guy I sold it to still owes me £200, if you're listening. Oh, right, okay, fine, fine. Yeah, he's probably not listening. Yeah, he's probably he's not. He's an idiot. Okay. He owes me £200. Okay, good. Um, and so, consequently, you owe your friend £500-something. Uh, no, I sold it for £700, okay. um, and he's paid me um, 500 of it, so 200 to go. Sweet. So Good. I need to get that out then. So you're still indebted to the person who's basically actually oh, is. it's really annoying. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, bet. Really I bet. Annoying. Don't um, trust people. Well, I have to, to do this podcast. I have to trust that you'll turn up and actually read the running order, which you never do. So I mean, you did text us like 20 minutes ago saying, sorry, I haven't sent you the running order yet. This is the first week where it's been late. It's usually in the morning. By lunchtime, I'll get it to you so we can That's prepare true. all of the goodness that we normally deliver. I was a little bit disappointed podcast. when on lunchtime I checked and it wasn't. I know, I know. Tell me about it. Normally that's when I do my research. Busy day. I've been at Amazon headquarters today. You know, we can't all, you know. That's not a good thing. Yeah, it was quite good. Selling to the man. No, it's good. It's good. It's nice. Oh, they've got a lovely, lovely office. A lot of hot desking going on. No, I don't like you. There was a really nice coffee shop next door. Was there? Yeah, yeah. Re- it was really good. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as good as the small batch that we had before we left, but it was it was very good. Yeah. Jay Cross. Hello. What have you been up to this week? Um, what have I been up to this week? I um, had another band practice with this band that I've started. Um, is this the band where you play bass? It is, yes. Um, and I ended up using, in the practice room, I ended up using um, an SVT2. Which I didn't like at all. They're not very good. Say. I don't like those at all. Um, oh, the big, uh, yeah, the big yeah. old ones. Was it Brighton Electric? Yes. Yeah, I know the one. It's the Upstairs. one with the blue and red um, SVT2 logo on it, which uh, is the okay. old, like, mid-90s yes, it was. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that one in particular, I think, isn't especially I cracking. didn't like it at all. But I, I, saw, I had to turn off the harmonic percolator because there was, like, a bit too much going on. So this has always been my problem with Ampeg, is actually that... It, There's impossible. sort of a bit too much going on. Impossible to clean up. It's it's actually which is, a which good is, defense for Mark base. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, which is absolutely, and that's that's good. Normally, like I like a lot of I like a lot of drive, and I like the bass to be really drivey. Um, but I like that drive to come from either the harmonic percolator or well, that's the it. sand amp or the BB, the Boss BB One X. It's easier to add than it is to take away. Yeah, absolutely. Ampeds. And, and if, if your if your sort of blank palette is already yeah one thing, I also couldn't do much with the EQ. Like I re- I I really tried. So it's got a it's got a seven band which I turned off obviously right. not, and I'm it also has that. a conventional yeah. and it has a mid selector as well it does which uh, the knob has broken off so right. I can use that <laughs> you just most people I think just put it in the middle anyway I sort of just yeah I mean I, I messed around a little bit with it it just I sort of just it didn't sound very good and the, the cab it was into was like a a 2 by 10 but like I, th- I think it was a 2 by 10 or maybe it was a 2 by 
15 I don't know it was they, the speakers were side by side in a really tall cabinet. It was very weird. That's what? A, what? That yeah. sounds like nothing I'm aware of. It was really weird. Who was the cab by? Yeah. I'm sure it was an Ampeg. Weird. I've, I've literally no maybe idea one of their about. maybe one of their Neo series Ampegs. No, no, they haven't got anything that new in that rehearsal room. Oh. I tell you what, um, I used to do because I used to have a B1. Which is a... Uh, oh, yeah, they were really bad. Oh, no, not a B1. You mean a B250? B something or other. It was a combo. Right. I think it was a B1 uh, that was a 15-inch driver and had it all solid state. Um, but it had... Did like it the scrambler on it? It did not have a scrambler. No, this is ages ago. Um, it had uh, like it had a graphic EQ that you could turn on and off, but it had like the uh, EQ shelving, so you could just put in... I think it was called like ultra bass and ultra high yeah. and I'd just basically leave the EQ pretty much flat and just right. put the ultra bass and ultra and high and it sounded really right. good okay. oh, that's cool yeah they were um, they were a cool little cool little combo I always like those toggles on the old like SVT um, the SVT one and like the SVT vintage reissues yeah where you get your standard um, three band EQ and then they add those little three way toggle switches where yeah. you can have you know, you can have the ultra high and ultra bass on or in the middle or yeah. off. They they're great. Um, yeah, loads of tone shaping just from those. They are cool. I'm rehearsing a Brighton Electric uh, this weekend, and uh, yeah. I've requested an Ampeg, but I think I might take the Mark bass down with me. Really Give it a good old you'll run. Get, you'll get probably an SVT450 if listeners aren't familiar with those. They were solid state. Um, Ampeg heads that they put in the SVT Classic chassis, so a massive like all valve chassis, so huge, really heavy because it's all thick like marine ply uh, with nothing in it, basically. with nothing in it, which which was so it was basically like the ultimate poser's head if yeah. you didn't have any money. I really like the SVT 450. Oh, they're so trebly. Do you know when when I play them, I have That's to great turn for me, but but just to get them to sound flat through a normal even a Mark bass, like to make them sound like just flat like a Mark bass or an orange. I have to have the bass up on three quarters of the way, and I have to have the treble down three quarters of the way. I usually go pretty much all the way up on the treble, and uh, pretty much all the way up on the bass, and leave the mid where it is. That must sound awful. No, it's great. That's a classic punk rock bass tone. Definitely a little bit of a mid scoop on there. Love mid-scoop. it. Mid scoop. There's nothing. Punk rock's all about your mids. Oh, uh, it depends. Right. It depends. You got to play it uh, <laughs> carefully. Um, anything else? Um, no. <laughs> Have you spent any time with your Roland synth collection? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, how's it's, that going? It's going cool. I still have no idea what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> do we have a, do we have do we have this discussion where I feel yeah. like yeah, the, the dog, the dog meme yeah. with the chemistry set. I, that's exactly how I feel. Um, but it's they're very fun. Okay, they're very fun, and I'm sure at some point. Once I sit down and watch some videos, I will... You'll actually understand what I'll you're actually doing. understand what I'm doing, yeah. But um, they are very, very cool, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really glad that I bought them, because it was a lot of money to lay out on something that I wasn't really sure about. Um, but I'm really glad that I've done it, because uh, they they're very, very cool. They're very cool. So. Joe Bratton, apart from lusting after a hmm. Thunderbird, yeah. what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, I've got a couple of things, I've got okay. a couple of new things. Um, As I, in you purchased a couple of yes, new things? Yes, yeah, yeah. One's okay. a purchase, one was a gift. Oh, wow, very nice. Um, uh, well, you know about the gift, but... Um, Do I? Yeah, we discussed it, but you've obviously forgotten. Oh, I've completely forgotten. Um, okay, I don't so, really listen to when, you, when you're talking. No, I know, I know. It's why often you hang up on me mid-conversation. Mid <laughs> yes. Um, One-way conversation. Yeah, I... Uh, I purchased one of the Moore, um, I don't know what they're called actually, Shim, Shimver, Shimver, Shimver but, but the, the, the two, the double. Oh, I don't know what that one's oh, yeah, called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should check, really. Um, I, yeah, I wanted something that did that whole sort of, um, because it's got, you've got loads of reverb options, and then it's got a separate foot switch just for the Shim. And oh, then is that you what can, it does? And you, on that, you can select... Um, whether it octaves up the the shim, okay, right up to something like twelve octaves, or it's, it's not that, but you know, it's something stupid. Shimver Pro, Shimver Pro, oh, all right. So um, yeah, which I thought would just be really cool, basically, because I use a um, uh, one of the Hoff 
uh, the Hall of Fame minis, yep. the, the the little one, and and they are great. But because I, you only have that, you only have the reverb level control, which is really good. Like they've really thought about the fact, like if you're only going to have one control on this that's pedal, the one that you want. Yeah. Well, no, just to to make the sort of the other uncontrollable things actually sort of reactive with the boosting of that. Yes. It's it's very well put together and it is really good, but just. I do find reverb massively depends on the room that you're in. Yeah. And actually only having that one control, especially on a bass, I find sometimes it's just... I mean, reverb on a bass is ridiculous anyway. No, but it's cool for, for some bits. It's cool if you're in an interesting band, Mark. But um, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like that. Yeah, cheers, man. You won't find either of my guitarists <laughs> using reverb either. Or any effects. No, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, it's... Um... I just wanted something I just wanted to be able to control it a bit more and that was affordable interesting and I liked the idea of shim as a separate control how much are they out um, to a they're customer not, they're not very much money I think that I think they're 100 and 110 quid something like something that something like that yeah I think okay. it's just over 100 quid yeah it, they are very cool my my problem with this pedal is because uh, I had a shim verb for a while and I got rid of it very quickly because I thought it sounded dreadful Right. Uh, not dreadful. Dreadful's okay. not fair. I thought it sounded a, a bit bad. Okay. Um, it like especially in comparison to like it was it was very much the because I think this is kind of based on into if you look at it aesthetically it looks like a Boss Reverb pedal. It looks like the mm-hmm. RV the RV they've the gone RV5. for that colour scheme and that is the sort of thing with Mura, isn't it? It's the colour scheme. The colour scheme donates what they've what based copying, it on essentially yeah. and. The fact what they've done is they've based it on a pedal that I didn't think was very good in the first place in the in the RV five, um, and I thought it was a real shame. And I I always thought that this was like a glaring omission in in a in a otherwise pretty decent catalogue that Moore had put together. And then they brought out the uh, the Skyverb, yeah, which, which is obviously based on the the Strymon, yeah. Um, Blue sky, and uh, and that's brilliant. I really, I really, really like that pedal. I think that's really good, and I, I think it's maybe a shame that they didn't do that uh, one as a pro, as pedal, the pro, pedal. because I, I guess they went with the Shimverb because it's the biggest selling, the biggest selling of the two. But like, it's it's only the biggest selling of the two because it was, because it, it came out first. It was yeah, part maybe. of the original run, and so you know people were buying them because they were cheap because. They came out before, I'm sure, before the Hall of Fame Mini. Yes, you know, I before anything, they did. Anything oh, yeah, Moore definitely were the first people to introduce, like, these like, very, very small pedals. reverb pedals. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and, yeah I, definitely small pedals in general. So I'm, I'm glad that they've put the Shimmer on there as a, as a separate control, and I think that will mm. set it apart. Not that I'm trying to trash what you've just purchased. No, no, no. Um, but I think that, for me, the, the Skyverb was a much better pedal. Well, I have to say, it's not, like, I'm not bowled over... But it does have some interesting features in the Pro. Um, the the most interesting features are the the micro controls mm-hmm. that they have just uh, along the top. They have like a um, a pre delay control. Yeah. Um, and then because they've got a wet dry level as well. Is the um, wet dry level? It's not it, the wet. Is just you can bleed in the wet. Is that right? That's right. And yeah. the dry is 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 your claim. But oh wait, okay. Yeah, so you've so got you've a got separate. You've got wet control and a dry yeah, control, which right, is okay. actually great. Yeah, that is very cool. Uh, what I was quite enjoying doing when I was messing around with it is cutting off the dry completely, boosting all the pre-delay and maxing out the decay and putting the wet on full. Mm. And then the pre-delay just means that your notes really swell in. Right. Okay. Um, and you've got like a lot of weird. Um, uh, sort of noises going on anyway just off of your natural like stream ambience and yeah, stuff yeah. yeah um and then with tons of decay you get this and and just the wet signal only you get this really sort of boosted swelled sound um and it, it, which is just great like a really like never ending ambient sw- swollen sound it's it's really cool so there are some cool features on it. I have to say, I'm I'm not. Oh, we've you've got it up. It goes up to nine octaves up on the. It does say ridiculous. twelve on there. What's it doesn't? Uh, oh, is it plus twelve? Yeah, I don't no. really know what that yeah. what that means. But Maybe. can no, you even hear twelve octaves up? Well, on a bass, probably. But I tell you what, you can hear on the bass is that the tracking ain't great. Right. <laughs> um, okay. But I don't think. Uh, to, in fairness, well, I mean, if, to if, the if, if you've got the dry off and the wet. 
full and the pre-delay <laughs> up of course the truck is no, not yeah, going to be yeah, great it's true. it's true but even you subtly I found that I think the, the adding an octave um, to to that sound uh, it just I don't think it's the sort of thing for bass on guitar I understand how it works because when you hear those um, uh, that sort of thing done it's normally with those sort of Strymon or Eventide pedals yeah where you have like notes being played and these weird sort of the, the swelling of, of notes that are really really high up coming in afterwards and that's sort of the thing that's made those pedals popular and it's great it's a really interesting sound i just don't think it's anything that you can apply to bass especially so you know i got this because i thought that was a cool and extra feature and i'm actually finding that i'm not really using it i'm okay. just using the reverb reverb definitely really controllable it's still a really key, convenient size pedal i actually think they're really well built like really sturdy yeah. little pedal for not much money sort of thing so absolutely great but on bass, I think on guitar, this is a really overlooked, cheap way of getting some sounds that you get on Strymons and even tides without having to pay the big bucks. I really think it's obviously not as good, but it has some really interesting sounds on there. Still pretty small as well, considering it's a uh, two-button foot switch. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's of... the size of... It's just over the size of two Moor pedals. It's yeah. like... Two moors and a and a bridge, basically, yeah, and you get way more control than you would on just the standard chimney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you get tons of control for a pedal that size, which is great. Um, yeah, just just maybe I could maybe just go for something, just a single pedal reverb for bass that maybe has a few more controls rather than this, but still a really cool pedal. And because it was so affordable, whilst I'm probably not going to put this on my board, I'm certainly not going to sell it anytime. Just have it kicking around for any guitar tracking or anything like that. Exactly, that's what I thought. So just a really fun pedal, I think, to have for not a lot of money. I kind of think that about a lot of the Moor range, though. I've always been really pro them, but I just think, man, they cost nothing. Like, buy a few just to try some stuff. They are cool, especially, like, because I have the Elect Lady as well. Oh, yeah. Because I'm certainly not going to spend any money on a flanger. No. But it's it's actually something quite cool to have for just maybe that one time in the future that yep. I need a flanger. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I and I also think that more kind of um, have to be appreciated for what they have done to the guitar pedal market in that they have caused companies like Ibanez and even Electroharmonics to a certain degree to be like, okay, cool. And so, TC. And TC, yeah, TC being the obvious one, of course, to be like, okay, actually, people are, you know, they've, they've, they've been the catalyst in the same way that, you know, 10 years ago, Orange bringing out the Tiny Terror was the catalyst for people to be like, Oh, I tell you what, small amps. Lunchbox amps. They're really, really cool. I quite want one of those, but mm. I'm really into Hughes and Kettner or I'm really into Engel and they don't do one. That's really annoying. And then all of a sudden those companies had to react. And I think that that's what Moore have done for the pedal market. You know, is, is Ibanez were like, okay, hang on a sec. If we don't release a smaller version of our Tube Screamer, people are just going to... We, we know the market's there because people are buying... More green miles. Yeah, we need exactly. to quickly do this, and it's the same. You know, I think that is one of the reasons why we're seeing so many of the nano yeah. uh, electroharmonics. Yeah, definitely. They've realised that people don't want those massive pedals no. anymore. And actually, interestingly enough, on a flip, you're seeing companies like um, Rotor Sound who still do all their original pedals in their original chassis. They're Have, huge. That. No, well, who? How, when was the last time you saw a board with one on? Well, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I recently um, got my hands on one of their choruses. Their, um, oh god, um, I can't remember. It's like oh, Crusader. That's right. I was, I was thinking Nigel Farage because it's got a big like Union Jack on it. But no, yeah, that's okay. the, the Crusader, uh, the Crusader god. chorus. Um, but it's, uh, uh, it's, um, it sounds great but it's massive yeah. and they've just they've almost sort of missed the mark there they've sort of gone well everyone's into reissues but it's like to a certain point yeah and well I mean but they did that with that fuzz pedal do you remember they brought out the um, I can't remember what it's called Matty bought one I think maybe 
It was um, they brought out the original. It, maybe it was just called the Rotofuzz. Well, fuzz. Maybe I think some pedals are more likely to get away with it than others. A I chorus, think a fuzz, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A fuzz yeah. in an original chassis, people are gonna because I think delays. Uh, sorry, not delays. Uh, drives and fuzzes have that whole clon thing about them. Yeah. That whole like the legendary tone that you're after, and I think people are more likely to go for a massive pedal for no reason. Yeah, yeah, that's it. This the, this one, this is the uh, it's, yeah, it's the ro- It's just it's called the Rotofuzz sound fuzz pedal yeah and it's just it's just a, like a cast box they're huge, there's controls. no there's no power supply input you've got no. to run it off a battery it's like the size of a house brick um, they are massive but they did sound great. well they sounded dreadful actually but that was completely the point yeah. me, me and Luke Taft opened up the chorus to see how bad uh, how big the the chip actually really was in right it. No bigger than a boss chip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of so it's just all of it's just all extra space. Oh, of course. Um, but actually, I was I was sort of getting around to another point to say that they they've missed the mark. I actually think Ibanez more than any other company have, and they're ever an astute company. Ibanez, they're always on the money with their new releases. We don't talk about them enough just because we're all into retro gear. But they're always on the money with their guitars, and their pedals definitely completely the same thing. Like int- the fact that they didn't just introduce the tube screen rose and mini pedal they revoiced it yeah and loads of people are going it sounds better well yeah. we might have a question about that coming up towards the end of the show really okay yeah that's interesting and, and also matt pointed out something about the the new delay pedal the other day not on the podcast i think we were just talking about it and uh which new delay pedal the well they new mini one yeah because yeah. yeah. they've got the 89 yeah. essentially in a in a mini thing and they've introduced a new control on it which is a blend on an analog delay. Oh right! Wow. Okay, which, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. Because Matt was Matt was using the term game changer in reference to it, and it'd be cool. really interesting. We should definitely get hold of one because I've got an AD9, and we should AB the yeah. AD9. That sounds good. The, uh, with the DM2W. Well, I was actually and thinking a Maxon no, analog delay. Yeah, nice. and a DL4. Um, we can and do a like some copy. Sort of, we we should do like a delay standoff. Well, you know, we had that standoff. thing the other week where we were where we standoff. were like, "Who's favorite?" <laughs> Stop saying standoff. standoff. Where we were saying, you know, who's what's your favorite analog delay? We should actually put them to Let's the test. It. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, because what would it be? It would be DL4 carbon copy, AD9, um, RE20. RE. Uh, That's no. not not analog. Not analog, mate. RE20. Um, and the uh, DMW. DM2W. DM2W. Yeah, um, that, is the echo four. shifter is the Ibanez echo shifter I don't think I don't so. think, that's I think they're analog yeah, yeah okay. but I don't think it's. it doesn't have a legendary status it was just a bit cool mm. yeah yeah. well we'll do that we'll do a little pedal shoot out yeah. what was your other thing that you've tried this week um, or was it the Rotor Sound Chorus no no the other thing was that one of our podcast listeners um, deposited an Ibanez this is ridiculous <laughs> Sent me uh, or us an Ibanez Ergodyne bass after give, we spoke about it the other week. You should give the listener a shout out. I should. Um, I should definitely do that. Uh, I'm just trying to. It was Alex. I can't remember his surname. Chapman. Is it? it? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Let me double check. Um, this is this is great. This is here. great. Yes, it is. Yeah, Alex <laughs> Chapman. You should so give a heads up. You were going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, um, Alex. So uh, this. Yeah. Firstly. Thanks to Alex Chapman, who is a uh, loyal podcast listener. So loyal, in fact, that he's given us one of his bass guitars simply because we talked about how bizarre and cool those are. So I think we should try something with the Ergodyne. Yes. We should do something with it. I'm thinking some sort of modding adventure. Yeah. Um, And we should make a video on it. I was thinking of a few things that we could mod. Now, of course, the thing about the Ergodyne basses was that they they came at this really strange time in history where all guitar companies were obsessed with um, making everything modern. There was this real push towards... And, and you'd think people would have learned from the Fender Elites. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> well, yeah. But, but no. Um, Which, by the way, a lot of people... Complained about, didn't they? So a lot of people in, that, in all of the comments. Are I've like, got a Fender Elite. I've so got one of them. This is in reference to the they video we put up last week. The uh, top five guitar fails, with number one being the uh, old Fender Elites, not the new American Elites, which are essentially American Deluxe, um, but the yeah the old relaunch mid eighties uh, Fender trying to kickstart the brand 
and producing some guitars that are just horrible. Yeah, they are horrible. It's really weird. Like a lot of people being like, I've got one of those and they were great. And it's like, well, the fact is that the company nearly folded because they made those. Yeah. So whether you think that now or not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah you may have grown attached to it in the last 30 years, but... Uh, it basically forced CBS to sell a company. It nearly crippled the largest guitar company yeah. in the world. So there is no argument that they no. are anything other than rubbish. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Any, anyway, the point was sort of you know post that there was this this new thing where everyone was trying to super modernise and come up with like new ideas. And Ibanez ever at the forefront of that. They just introduced things like their monorail bridges. In fact, the Ergodyne was the first model they ever released that featured the monorail bridges. If you don't know what a monorail bridges listeners it to be honest i think it's still exclusive to bass guitars just because of the size of the strings no 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 i've sent it on some oh, uh, some electrics some six strings oh, okay cool the idea with them is that you get an individual bridge piece for every string so that uh you get no um residual buzz from any of your other strings when you're playing an individual string it's supposed to uh allow for sort of uh, recording clarity and things like that surely better intonation as well uh, yeah than, i guess so. yeah, a, a, I'm thinking of guitars that don't use six saddle bridges anyway, but yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. So, so they were always they were trying things like that, and they were really pushing um, active ele- electronics and how that worked. So they were Ibanez were the first company to introduce um, things like uh, pickup blenders instead of individual like volume controls yep. or, or three way toggles. So being able to blend between like your neck and bridge on a single rotary, which would have a um, like a little a click position in the middle that would have both pickups on and and you know loads of other things like introducing sort of little mid scoop buttons uh, and toggles and stuff like that. there was loads going on with that side of things they also decided to try abandoning wood no need no one needs wood <laughs> it's not like it's been used for you know however many years Don't, no point so ibanez started making the ergodyne series out of what is essentially putty Luthite, luthite, which is a a, a putty-like type of uh, plastic that has a similar um, um, uh, sort of consistency to um, graphite. Uh, okay, um, so they made a guitar out of play-doh and uh, put some strings on it, and they did them in some funky colours. They did, um, and lots of people bought them for about seven, eight hundred quid a time. And now you couldn't sell one for a hundred quid. Well as evidenced by Alex's attempts to yeah. sell this guitar yeah. uh, and donating it to us so we can do some fun stuff mm. with it. So, I mean, because it's made out of putty, I don't know if we can do this, but I was thinking of one of those uh, like dipped swell finishes. Ooh. Will we not need to strip the guitar That's first? That's it. I'm not sure. I don't know if we can do it because of the material, but it's quite an interesting idea. It is an interesting idea. I'd How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I'd like to give it a go. Um, You've got some connections to sort of refinishing things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was something that actually a couple of friends of us were talking about doing uh, recently. So it might be a really fun thing to do. I mean, this... But I've got to find out if it's doable Surely this, when all the mods are done, is your new base. (laughs) I mean, we've just talked around it for uh, half an hour. This is the the best bit, I think, about the Ergodines was that Ibanez decided, who puts logos on headstocks anymore? (laughs) The headstock is the smallest headstock I've ever seen. Yeah, it is true. But um, what what they decided to do was... So where... if, if if you were going to put a, a logo not on a headstock, where would you put it, uh, Mark? I mean, you could put it on the back of the headstock if you're looking to be subtle, or yeah. maybe on the back plate of the guitar. That's so, true. you, you know, again, the person who's buying it will always see it, knows what brand it is, but, you know, you don't have to necessarily be flashy about the logo. True, true. I tell you what, I definitely wouldn't put it. Where? I mean, sort of anywhere on the body, really, because, you know, or maybe, or, you know, if there's a scratch plate, you could do something nice and neat, like on the scratch yeah, plate. Yeah, so Epiphone, if you want to remove it, do that. Yep, yep. So um, where is it? It's not just on the front of the body, where some <laughs> some brands have done that before. We saw um, Status do that with the Washburn Status bases and things like that. And even they managed to do it tastefully. It was sort of like a long the straight line oh, yeah, of, that's, of the neck that's another that was, totally I mean it's not the ideal place but you could put it along the uh, along the neck where it joins the body yeah that um, was so okay. that's, that's where they've put it on the eyebrows right no no what they've done is put it in the middle of the body <laughs> underneath the strings sweet so straight on so the same way the same the same angle that it would be if it was on the headstock only in the middle underneath the strings no not the same it's not the same angle if it was on the headstock it's at an exact right angle to that is isn't it? it oh is it on the right so oh. it, it's which is fine well it's not fine it looks it means it's when ridiculous it's, when it's basically what would have happened is someone would have gone guys i'm, I'm just gonna try something okay friends i'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm i've gonna got try this something. guitar on a stand I'm, it's exact exactly what i was gonna say i'm gonna try something just bear with me and they set the decal up and then they ha- they hung the guitar up and they looked at it on the wall of ibanez and they went <laughs> I always Perfect. assumed I always assumed that the guys that do the decal were playing like pin the tail on the donkey or something. Yeah. <laughs> when and they literally the can't put it on the headstock because it's too small. <laughs> but yeah, so the thing about it being that way around is whenever you see someone playing one, you can't, you can't read it. what it says because it's at a right angle to the way that you would read it. It's so And good. also their arm is probably in the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's honestly it's one of the craziest things Ibanez have ever, ever done. Hence the reason that the bottom completely fell out of any any resale value on them but they made a lot of guitars out of that material as well so they, they did, did yeah a couple of different well, bases popular for a few years yeah and then like they literally as as the sort of guitar um audience sort of woke up again like they dropped it like yeah. a hot potato like, yeah. it, it was there one minute gone the next so we should say again, thanks to Alex uh, for giving us this guitar. We are going to do something cool with it because, like, uh, yeah, you know, it is quite a weird thing and it would be easy for us to just be like, oh, these are not to our taste. But actually, let's see if we can make something cool out of it. Yeah, I think so. I think they sound great. They've got great active electronics, thanks to Ibanez always being We could maybe put some different pickups in no, there. No, we can't because <laughs> this was the other brilliant thing. Um, they released the Ergodyne in four-string, five-string, and six-string yep. version. But they were like, how can we make this more affordable? And they were like, I know, we can just have one pickup that's going to fit all of the models. So this is a four-string that we've got. It has the six-string spaced pickup in Sweet. it. So the width of the pickup is a good inch and a half wide of of the... Um, you know, of of the strings in either direction. Cool. So, uh, yeah. so there's nothing unless we buy a different six string pickup. Maybe if there is a soap bar six string pickup that's a yeah, stock see, size. Seymour Duncan make one, but yeah, whether it'll fit or not is a completely different different thing. So, mm. so there we go. Um, one last thing before we dive into news um, is we've got an episode idea, um, and this was this came from the Facebook group uh, from a friend of ours called Joe, um, not who. Me. Not you. Who no, is a friend of, of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, we're just a colleague. Um, he's kind of give us, <laughs> given us an idea for a future episode, which is a would you rather episode. So what he's proposing 
is that people send in ideas via the Facebook group um, of would you rather situations and we all answer them. So his example is um, would you ever play a guitar with single coils or only ever play with humbuckers? So would you only ever play a guitar with singles or only ever play with humbuckers? What mm. would you rather do? That's interesting. Uh, or would you rather never buy another guitar again and stick with what you got or lose the guitars that you've got and you can buy an an infinite number of guitars under three hundred pounds. Interesting. So, how, how long do we have to flesh out those questions for? Well, I mean, we can. I mean, we don't have to do those right now. What I'm saying is, uh, people on the Facebook group can send in their ideas for would you rather oh, questions, okay. and uh, and we'll try and build a whole episode around some some would you rather. Would you rather? Yeah, that sounds great. I think it's gonna be cool. Um, so yeah, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Do submit those there. Should we do some news? Newly shaved wrists. Blimey, that's so dark. <laughs> so dark. Anyway, first up, um, Magnetic Effects have announced the Satellite, a natural uh, overdrive and boost pedal. Um, we've got one already. To um, what? To, I know it's out over there. Um, to have a play with. Uh, what the, is it? Uh, it's an OD slash boost. All right, I'm gonna get. A, you on. might not be able to find it over there. It's in the sort of pile of stuff. There's um, so much stuff over here. There is. So uh, the satellite is, as it says on the tin, it's a real natural sounding, uh, kind of semi-transparent uh, overdrive and boost pedal. I've had about five or ten minutes to have a play on it. It sounds really, really nice. It's uh, definitely entering into a crowded market. Obviously, there's a lot of things that do a do a similar uh, similar job. But I like that it's got gold knobs. It's got gold knobs. Uh, it's got a nice picture of a kind of like retro satellite on the front. Um, yeah, as with the uh, the um, white atom fuzz that we uh, was in our gear of the year last year, it's built really well. Hand built in the UK. Um, these um, I'm liking it the chassis that they use are the same chassis that um, Godura use um, for their uh, effects but these are 100% better like in their oh in terms of like design and stuff yeah exactly the 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 knobs that they use are better I really like top mounted top mounted jacks in-outs, top yeah. mounted uh, power on there as well yeah well that's pretty standard isn't it? Uh, what- they, it, it looks it looks great I would really, uh, really like to do this. a bit of comparison with that and the soul food. Cause really? Is it that sort of thing? Kind of, yeah. I mean, so... Well, we've got volume gain high and low, so a two-band... Indeed. I'm into it. Indeed. Um, and so from my kind of uh, five, ten minutes I had with it, it goes from much like the White Atom. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got a real kind of uh, extended kind of range on it. It'll do like super clean right through to almost like a drive. Right. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice <coughs> excuse me um, so yeah again hand built in the UK I'm really into the magnetic stuff I think it's um, they're just doing great stuff they are yeah I, I like sort of I'm into little UK yeah. boutique companies as well there's something quite nice about having something handmade in London England indeed in that London and this is the crikey yeah I think of them as being a smaller company than this but this is serial number whether they serial by don't, pedal don't, don't read the serial number out that's a very bad idea oh is it yeah oh okay yeah I think that serial number is actually the date oh is it <coughs> which suggests oh, yeah, to me that, that they're only sense. making one pedal a day which is kind of cool oh yeah that's cool yeah I'm liking it a lot um, Joe tell us about the PV Headliner 1000 bass amp um, okay, so PV have released um, a, a brand new um, thousand watt um, base head. That's what you need, right? Uh, well, I, you know, a thousand watts I think is becoming slightly more popular. Actually, we're seeing an awful lot, like definitely this year and the end towards the end of last year, loads of companies bringing out like eight hundred watt versions. We saw um, like Atnam, Hartkey announced a. Um, an an 800 watt didn't they already have a really high powered head what was the kilo yeah the the kilo's a thousand as well they also have the ELH 1000 to be honest Harky were a bad example because they've always been they're always a thousand watts (laughs) yeah they they, they love it because they Harky have released this new thousand watt base head yeah yeah they're they're all a thousand watts they do some 500s as well Uh, but yeah you know they did they did that Um, Mark Base released uh, released their little lime green ninja which was either 800 or a thousand watts okay um Ashdown have released an 800 watt version of their Rootmaster. Um, they also had the, um, the earlier in the year they released the Retro Glide, which was 800 watts. 
Um, What's the retro glide? Uh, it is just like a million band EQ. Right. Um, so ret- retro is in the eighties. Yeah, as right. in as in, you, it's like a twenty band EQ. Right. Just okay. it just has loads of EQs, and then you just have all, input output. Are they just sliders? Yeah. All right. Just sliders. Okay. But it's quite cool. It's cool. Okay. Uh, like, uh, but, but anyway, that was sort of eight hundred watts. Yeah. You had, um, you know, TC Electronics upgraded their BC series of or BH series of heads yep. to include an eight hundred watt. Which is, like everyone's getting on this sort of eight hundred watt. Orange release their OB. Uh, oh, uh, OB one five hundred. No, they only went up to. 500 yeah, yeah but the k, the k was supposed to happen. oh yeah the k was supposed did. to happen but but loads of people i think people are looking for sort of more headroom and um thousand what seems to be becoming more common i mean the only reason that i've always steered away from it is um because kind of until recently i think i've done a lot of cab sharing yeah and you just can't guarantee that a cab the problem with bass stuff is so many bass players buy cheap cabs yeah and a cheap bass cab will only handle 400 watts and admittedly you know this it only really matters if you're turning it up but still i'd hate to turn up someone have like you know some sort of heart key backliner like you know 300 watt support in 410 yeah turning a thousand watts through it exactly yeah just it's too much too much of a risk um so you know that's why i think i've steered away from it a fair bit but they're yeah, they're they're sort of they're becoming more and more popular the, the thousand watt thing. But anyway, back onto the PV. So what, what's special about the PV? Uh, well, actually, virtually nothing. They um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's in exactly the same chassis that they had all their tour series stuff in. Yeah. Um, previously, they two U. That's right. Yeah, yep. just a, so a two U. A two U rack um, spaced uh, head, which is designed to go in into a rack, so not really designed to be on its Todd. It's exactly the same. Uh, sort of chrome chassis is that which features a, a seven band EQ the the thing that actually is a little bit unique is um, they have added some controls they've obviously been looking at the market um, more specifically they have been looking at Ashdown and they have introduced some of the same controls that Ashdown are known for on their ABM series so they've introduced uh, an optical compressor which I don't know why so many base companies put compressors on their head well I guess because it's like it's the go-to effect for bass, isn't it? Yeah, but no one wants that little control out of a compressor. Like, you, it doesn't work. Yeah, I understand what you mean, but it's for something. It's a easy feature to include, yeah. and for someone who doesn't 100% know what they're looking at, it's you can go, this one's got a compressor. Yeah, it's just a shame to put a control on a head, which immediately makes it not a professional piece of equipment. Sure, I've just I've just never understood optical compressors on heads for that reason. But anyway, they've they've uh, they've put that on. They've put a little a little grit control, so something that simulates the the valve drive feature on an Ashdown yep. um, ABM. And there's something else. Oh, it's like a they've put like a um, a tone shaping, oh, a bright boost. That's it. There's a bright boost on okay. there as well, which is something that actually Hartkey have had on their LH series for a long time. A little bright switch, but then I guess Hartkey took that from Ampeg. Yes. Um. So it's just yeah, it's kind of PV catching up. Like it's not really breaking any boundaries. It's cool that they've got something else on the market for bass players, but it's a bit like. A bit late to the punch, you know. Yeah. Everyone else has had this stuff for quite some time, and if I was looking for those features, I think I'd sooner trust the build quality of, um, of an Ashdown or a Hotkey over a PV. Yeah, it's a very, very crowded market, I guess. But we'll see how the headliner performs. I guess might yeah. be doing something tonally just, that we're. Yeah, exactly. It could well be, and and I love PV. Like I was really fighting for that PV Classic Twenty. Yeah. In the things, so I just don't know why. Just PV, just. Make something interesting for bass. Stop making it so like, oh, here's something that's sort of competing with the market. Very usable. Yeah, like they, Very thought, usable. they put so much effort into that Classic 20. And there's just like, you can tell that whoever they've got in A&R isn't a bass player. I think the reason is that they're taking like a lot of their PA technology and just basically making a bass amp out of it. Yeah. That's what, how it kind of strikes me. Um, and that doesn't lead to particularly interesting designs. So, Jay Cross. Hello. What can you tell me about the new radial engineering shotgun? So, Radial are one of those companies who just just don't really get enough attention, I think, generally. Um, they make really, really cool stuff that a lot of people use and nobody really sort of shouts about. It's like, it's kind of like how we would treat Tech 21 if they didn't do the Sans amp. 
do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh yeah, I've got yeah, I've got a couple of Tech Twenty One pedals. I've I've had one of them. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's a shame because they do yeah. some really really yeah. good stuff, but a lot of the stuff they do is all like switches and stuff like that, and it's all stuff that people who are guitar techs yeah. and tour managers and sound engineers love. But for a guitarist, yeah. it's quite a boring thing to buy. They do the buy. best DIs. And yeah, like, well, totally. yeah, and that sort of leads on kind of to what to what this is, which is the um, so the shotgun is a uh, four channel amp driver, which right. basically what it allows you to do is it allows you to simultaneously split your signal. Right, That's a great sentence. Split your signal. Simultaneously split your signal into uh four different outputs um what possible situation? well so uh, yeah i mean yes now the reason that i'm a little bit hesitant on this is it isn't switchable which is a bit annoying it's not switchable on the fly at least so um, what, this is for people with four amp setups well who want to drive all four amps yes or it's designed for um using in the studio so if you want to go into four amps at once or you uh, could for example run you could be running two amps and you could also be running a um, running straight into the front of house um, but it drives it as well it's no it doesn't mean a oh, driver in like an overdrive oh, panel it, by drive it's, it means um, it's it's it's, yeah. it's built in radio we've got some some technology the the CLC or something yeah CLC they call it the consistent load compensation which basically allows you to um, run multiple the reason that stuff like the uh, Morley AB or cheap ABY pedals um, are really loud and horrible is because there's not a, a there's load no, going to yeah go and it's also generally they're not powered they're passive so yeah. if you're doing an ABY you're effectively splitting the signal. Yes. The signal that's going in is being split. Split in right. half. What this yeah. is doing is putting the signal in, that. and then essentially, yeah, like Jay said, it's like compensating. It's like almost like an amp for that signal. Um, in fact, don't they even call it that? They call it a oh, they call it an amp driver. Okay, so yeah. so basically, yeah, it's making up the difference. Basically, it's not taking the signal in and then dividing it by four. It's taking the signal in, dividing it by four, and then making up that difference. I see. Again. Yeah, and um, yeah. So it, that's so that's that's one ap- application for it. The other application um, is you can actually um, you can split the four channels so that they become two channels, but they become two stereo channels. Right. Um, so the stereo in the thing that's quite cool about this is is, is you can go stereo into it. And then you can go dual stereo out. So one of the uh, the little diagrams they've got on their site is um, a Les Paul going into an MXR stereo chorus, which is one of the best chorus pedals out on the market. The big yellow one. Right. Uh, it's 18 volt, so it's like loads of headroom, super clean, super crisp. And what they've got is they've got it coming stereo out of the super chorus into the shotgun and then out to four twins yes i bet that would sound absolutely <laughs> unbelievable can you imagine that super what like imagine like the cure like, eat yeah, your heart abso- out <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean that's surely who they've got in mind for something like this imagine like just standing on a huge stage having two twins at either side of the stage just like like playing something like a little bit intricate and it just or even just like play like a massive chord and that it just go like oh baby amazing that would sound good yes so basically it's another kind of very professional setup as as everything as everything with radio like it's one of those things where you're like this is cool it's not that exciting it's cool though having said that there are podcast listeners who have definitely got four amps who, oh for sure if yeah. they want to plug them all in yeah absolutely and but you can you leave know, a channel idle as well so yeah yes, of course yeah, you could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and you can you know you can switch between um you can switch between whether that you've got the ground lift on or off and you know there's all sorts of stuff you can do with it but uh standard nine volt in which is cool um but yeah i mean it's it's I, I don't, I just don't know why there's not, there's not a sort of on-off for each channel. That's surely... Presumably because that is like you're moving into 
like serious technology when once you go to that like yeah, you know there's so. a reason that like the Layla it would be um, three at ones were 400 quid right you know what I mean like um, I just had a thought okay in the news yeah because we haven't spoken about it before can we talk about the Zvex pedal that I shared on the uh, yeah, because we've not talked about it, I guess. So it's not technically news because it came out of NAM. Yeah, but we didn't ever talk about it. We why didn't. Did, why didn't we? I don't know. must have just not gone on the radar. Oh, so, that's a shame. Okay, so you uh, posted something up in the Facebook group uh, about a Zvex pedal that mm-hmm. blew your mind, as you put it. It actually did. Okay. So... Um, What's it called? Oh, God. Something Candela? It is the Something Candela. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Okay, uh, go on. D- let's describe it. So it's the, the if you search Zvex Candela, yeah, um, it'll, it'll you'll find up. it from there. It's, it's something like phasing Candela, something like. That. Anyway, so it's the first, the world's first candle-powered effects. Pedal. We did talk about this did already. We? we did actually talk. I don't about remember this. at all. Okay, so for those who missed it, um, just to give us a quick overview of the Candela. So this pedal looks like um, it, it, it looks like something for a steampunk band. It looks like some sort of steampunk lantern. Um, and it allows you to phase and vibrato um, and chorus your signal in different ways by moving different things on this contraption. Um, so those those things can be anything from the power supply because it's it's uh, it has like um, uh, solar-powered panels that the candle oh, operates into so wait this is is it an actual candle yeah you 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 put a tea light in it yeah so you need to watch it it's unbelievable you put a tea light it's, in yeah it. it's brass it's this brass contraption that looks a bit like a weird steampunk clock tower it's it's right. a large contraption that you plug to you can adjust you can I adjust hate, settings I, Really dislike the use no, no. of the word contraption while talking about an effects pedal. It's it's amazing. It's it's uh it's six thousand um, dollars. He's only made one, right? This... Yeah, but he'll make to order. Okay. Um, uh, it's great because the actual Vex guy does the Zachary Vex. Zachary Vex does the um uh, does does the demos with a guy whose surname is Sex playing the uh, Sex and Vex, of course, uh, playing the guitar. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but he has a. Uh, you can do things like you can move the is, power supply. Is it Zachary Vex and Vachary Sex? <laughs> <laughs> may, it may have been. Okay, good. Uh, but you can uh, you can do things like move the power supply around, and that will adjust it. It has um, a wheel that that circulates, and that wheel passing in front of the light is what creates the the tremolo or vibrato sound. So he encourages you to paint that wheel if you want to get a different sort of tone or add um cut little holes in it or add little rivets to it to to change the way that it will make your 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 effect sound. Uh, there's a little magnet How do um, they work? on there that that you can uh, <laughs> that you can you can push the the this magnetic ball towards the brass um that he was explaining whilst there the the brass isn't attracted to the magnet it still electrically charges it at which speeds up the rate at which the you physically have to place your hand on this magnet and move it up it's on a little hinge and it is honestly check out the video on the facebook group listeners if you haven't seen i appreciate we're a bit late to the punch with this i'm really disappointed that i didn't realize that it was i think we talked about it maybe when you weren't here Uh, maybe i saw that 60 cycle hum got their hands on it they got to check it out um, when, when they were at nam but I've never been so impressed with something. It sounds incredible. I mean, it sounds like something out of Aztec Zone or Crystal Maze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exact. But but the the quality of the modulation effects was amazing. It just sounds like if it sounds like six thousand pounds worth or six thousand dollars worth of modulation. I was really really into it. Love the idea. Love how creative it is. Love how Zachary Vex talks about the whole thing and how in depth he's gone and how he's basically tried to look for the ways that you create those effects and tried to go about it in the most elaborate way possible. And you can tell when he's narrating narrating it, he's just so proud of what he's managed to create. It is it is awesome. It's awesome. I am very interested to see if anyone actually buys one outside of the one that he's made. Because it sounds like a sounds like an art project, doesn't it? Yeah, and it is very much so, like this beautiful like brass uh, contraption. Um, and what yeah. it sounds like really is a marketing tool. Because 
you're going to buy, you're going to see that in like things that aren't just guitar magazines or talked about in guitar podcasts. That's going to come up in on like BuzzFeed or whatever or front page of Reddit and things yeah. like that. And then you're going to look further into who is this mad professor making this stuff and then find like the war probes and things like that which it's are- true it, yeah and it has to be said like if you ever thought earthquake devices were pushing boundaries or cat and bread or anything like that Zvex have just shot all of those companies down well and, and also they've been doing it for years like the fuzz probe were was yeah, of one of the I remember one of the first kind of boutique pedals I ever saw yeah and they do some great crazy stuff but they've kind of sort of lost some of their individuality when you know companies like earthquake or companies like cat and bread have sort of turned up and and been able to offer you know si- similarly weird things and maybe slightly more creative in some cases well and also the zvex stuff has kind of got less creative because he's been doing the vexter stuff so yeah. the, you know the one where there's some chinese manufacturing involved yeah. um and you know the non-hand painted stuff uh it's kind of become a real pedal company yeah. that's just kind of there you know it's ticking over in the same way that Earthquaker are or Wampler or those sort of companies and then you hear about them doing this and it's like oh yeah you are mad <laughs> <laughs> you're really mad um, I want to get them on the podcast I think that'd be cool we yeah. talk about this uh, let's definitely do that the Candela I'm up for it so in a week where there's been no news and I specifically put a post in, on the Facebook group saying there's no news we need your questions because there's nothing to fill the podcast. We're at the end of the podcast <laughs> and we don't have any time for any questions. Oh, How has that happened? Matt's not even here. Should we at least do the question that we said we were going to do about the Ibanez thing? Let's quickly... Which Ibanez thing? We, about the mini pedal, tube about screamer. the Tube Screamer. Because uh, earlier on you said, oh, there, there may be a question about that and we didn't get around to talking no, about it. No, I'll tell you it. what, let's make them wait. Okay. Let's do it next week. Okay. I can uh, come back. Same time, same bat channel, same... Same what? Bat channel. <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah. Uh, same... Just idiots. Okay. Every week. Um, what we will do is we're going to do some questions over on the Patreon episode uh, that I think are very Patreon-specific questions. Um we're going to talk about... So Gary's asked, what are the top 10 weirdest pedals ever produced? We're going to talk about that. Oh, wow. Mike says, uh, I'd like to know if you could buy a guitar you love. I love the sound of, but hate the look of. And Evan is asking questions Have about... Have we ever kissed? Fuzz pedals. That is not answerable in a single podcast, I don't think. <laughs> There's some some very, very deep backstory to that that we'd need to go into. Backwash story. Indeed. <laughs> Blimey. Um, if you want to join us for the Patreon episode, you can do so by going over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $5 a month, you get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds every week. Plus, uh, you get your, from $10 a month, you get your name read out as one of our executive producers, and you get a whole host of other bonuses that are yet to be decided that we're going to do this year at some point um some people have decided that they want to do that and become our executive producers and that and their names are these hondi mcconzi jay daibtai arak sorry pal cregan jock gidfrey dal raskan jock kinaru wal clabawab Chris Walnob, Scott O'Brien, <laughs> Matt Quellanan, Fletch Fluchare, Phil Tamaset. Oh, there are too many now. I, don't, I also don't know. Lowry and Dawson's Mog Gravit, Colin Underwoop. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I think, next week. You should probably read them properly because that's oh, okay. two weeks in a row where he, you have. <laughs> hideously distorted people's <laughs> names um, oh, it's so good though. and I feel that okay, if people I promise paying... I'll, I'll read your names properly next week good um, if you want to join us next week as always you can find the podcast on iTunes um, it would be cool if people started leaving us some reviews on iTunes because uh, I've noticed we've <laughs> I mean are you sure <laughs> not for that bit obviously but um, we've uh, yeah we had some initially when we launched the podcast and we've not had any uh, any more since then yeah I keep having to log in and leave fake ones I know that's I've noticed the names are getting stupider and stupider that leave us reviews so um 
Thanks very much, Colin, on the vub. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, do go to iTunes, leave us a nice review. That would be uh, much appreciated. You can also check out the website, guitarnerds.net, where we'll have loads of news. Uh, we've got new videos going on up all the time. Joe Branton is uh, doing some articles and stuff, doing some things oh, for Oh, there us. are some cool new ones coming out this week. I'm sorry, there has actually been a delay. Mark okay. did actually ask me to finish them. But there are two uh, new ones um, that will be out, actually, probably by the time... Uh, this podcast comes out I'm afraid one of them is bass player specific I've done top five drive pedals for bass um, and uh, oh, I can't remember what the other one is oh you have to wait and see okay nice they sound great uh, they'll be going up on the site as always uh, you can follow us uh, or join the Facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum I remember what, what it is <laughs> go on it's uh, it's uh, top five Facebook groups about no. guitars <laughs> <laughs> no it's, uh, it's two for one and it's uh, it's an article about uh, all those effect pedals that have put two pedals into one. Oh, cool so things like that double hotcake and yep. the um, the soul uh, uh, that one the soul food soul the pog. pog soul pog yeah pog and, soul and the turnip and greens turnips and all that. green turnip yeah. greens all that uh, stuff you can follow us on twitter at guitar nerds you can follow us on instagram at guitar nerds follow us on periscope at guitar nerds um, you can catch us on youtube guitar nerds videos you can follow us individually I'm at mark underscore random jay is at jayabn one and joe is at joseph underscore 900 Bit of a weird episode this week, but thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate it. I thought it was consistent. Yeah, it was pretty good. We'll see you next week. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.